Sunt Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Matthew from Sunt, and I'm back with another Sunt Spotlight, the show that is trying to highlight the best creators on and around the Sunt platform. Today I'm really excited to bring you all a talk that I had with the video artist, collagist, and overall just beautiful soul, Lucid House. Lucid House came to my attention through a series of analog to digital collages, and we talked all about his varied background and career, working a bunch of odd jobs, touring around Europe for eight years, doing what sounds to me like amazing live digital work on tours with DJs and in various clubs. We talk about, of course, his recent series and works of art, from Lucid Bomb to analog to digital collages. And we talk about the creation process, what it's like to actually put together an analog collage and the significance behind that. I really enjoyed my conversation with Lucid House, and I hope you all will too. So without further ado, please enjoy that conversation with Lucid House. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with another Scent Spotlight on the You Deserve a Drink podcast. This week, my guest is someone I've been looking forward to talking to since I first saw their work on Scent a few weeks ago. They describe themselves as a multidisciplinary artist, and the work that really caught my eye first was part of the series From Analog to Digital Collages. I'm sure you've seen their work, their use of bold colors, They have some of the cleanest collage work I've personally ever seen. And I think they also have the wisest use of the color white I've seen in their work to date as well. It's it's really impressive. But I'm very, very excited to speak with the artist known as Lucid House. So welcome to the Scent Spotlight. Uh, Thank you, Matthew. Thanks for inviting me. Well, to get started, I think it would be cool to give our audience uh, a brief introduction about who you are uh, as an artist or, and feel free to go into any amount of detail that you would like, but getting started there would be great. Okay. So I, I was born in um, Ethiopia and uh, most of my life, my youth was spent in Africa and um, I'm from Italian origin. And um, then we moved to South Africa and I think in my thirties, we moved to the UK, me and my family. And artistically, I sort of start, I, I mean, I was around before computers were around. So it's, in a way, it's, it's an advantage because I, um, I kind of see both sides. I sort of uh, straddle both sides of, of those worlds. And I did quite an old school approach to art. I was an apprentice. I then did odd jobs, as most artists um, can relate to. Worked a lot in um, advertising and uh, B-movies in South Africa. Did um, traditional animation. Um, Formed two galleries with peers of mine. So loads of stuff, loads of dabbling in all kinds of um, mediums. In the UK, I worked as an art director for a games company. Then I had my own little company doing mainly corporate stuff, which I got really bored of. And 
yeah, it's sort of, you know, at the end of the day, you're just designing boxes for people. Yeah. It's just, you're just designing something that they want to sell. And, you know, you can deliberate over the shape of a button for hours and all that. So <laughs> I got really bored of that and fed up and, um, and my kids were older and I could just start focusing on my art again. And, um, that's where I formed Lucid House and um, the name itself relates quite closely to the whole um, electronic music dance scene. And I did a lot of um, visuals for clubs and festivals alongside um, DJs and producers. So I was doing live reactive visuals, reacting to where the music was going and anticipating what was going to happen and bringing in a whole lot of um, loops and mixing them live. And uh, that was great fun. I mean, I really had a good time and it was just a great way to blow people away. You know, people that were um, ready to be blown away in club environments and festivals. I did that for about eight years, traveled a lot of Europe, did a lot of UK festivals and clubs. And then I, you know, got fed up. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, uh, it's tough. You know, you're working late. There's a lot of drugs circulating. Not that I was involved in that, but mm-hmm. people that were, they think differently. It's an irritant, so to speak. <laughs> So anyway, I left that and uh, I did my time there. It was a great time and started to focus on, on some of the works you've, you've seen and mentioned, which were the analog collages. And the reason is I, I wanted to move away from computers and just start touching things again and using scissors and pieces of paper. And the beauty of doing analog collage is that there's no real, um, you can't scale anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't flip it. You can't colorize it. You've got to go with what is presented to you. You know, if the hat fits, wear it, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. And I love that part of it where things kind of just happen. And yet, there's, a, there's a magical element to it. There's a fateful element involved, mm-hmm. which is something I like about it. And, you know, we're so used to having the undo button now. <laughs> and um, so that's the part you mentioned. And now I'm um, uh, developing an artwork, which is um, is called Loop Bomb. I've posted a few things on Scent on that. And really what it is, it's, it's an art piece where I've, just gathered a whole lot of elements, isolated elements, as you would in a collage. This is digital loop bomb. I gather a whole lot of elements from retro magazines, from wherever, you know, from the web. And um, I do stuff to them. You know, I'm not content just having something straight as is. Sometimes I do, but I get more pleasure moving them on into a different, something totally new. And what 
loop bomb does is um, it's like a shuffling machine, a shuffling engine. And all credit goes to um, Mike Cohen, who's doing the coding for all that. Ah, okay. Yeah. And it's a shuffling engine, so it sort of sucks in a whole lot of elements randomly from the server, shuffles them around, and then as a view player, you snap uh, scenes that you see that suit your aesthetic sense or there's a certain balance. And that's how it works. So it's an artwork that's being let out into the wild kind of thing. Wow. And you kind of covered everything all in one go. So there's a few <laughs> threads. There's a few threads, though, uh, I would like to kind yeah. of pull on. I think they, sure. they could be pretty interesting. Uh, the first one is going back a little bit to when you talked about working as an art director at a game company and kind yeah. of moved on quickly from there as you're elaborating on the rest of your creative journey. But I'm curious, like, what sort of game company was that? And then, like, if you could talk about like what it means to be an art director at that sort of game company. I think that could be interesting. Sure. Um, they were more of a bureau. So game company, company might be a misnomer. They did dabble in some games, but they were a bureau that they did testing, localization, and um, we developed um, sites and promos, uh, microsites for, for games. So it probably sounds a bit grand calling it a game company, although they did develop some games which were failures. So it was more a bureau and I designed um, promotional material for games that were going to be released. So we had a few clients. Um, we worked for Sony and um, I can't remember all the names, in, um, some French games company, etc. Mm-hmm. And in terms of um, an art director, I mean, you lead by example, really. I mean, I was hands-on. I also directed uh, how interaction would work in these micro sites and promos. It was great working in a team. Yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. And the clients that you're working with definitely sound like they're, they're the serious gamer type. So it, that's awesome. And well, yeah. as I was looking into your body of work, uh, not just on scent, but of course through your Instagrams, like Lucid House and Lucid Bomb, and then on your, your Tumblr, which you definitely seem to have, have had for over a decade, which is crazy. That's when I made the connection between your, your handle, Lucid House, and the house music scene that you had been involved in. And first of all, it reminds me in a totally different way, but reminds me just how perfect it is um, with another user on scent, Trippy Yogi, uh, who's also doing like, this is totally a separate aside, um, but we have this weekly virtual meetup in CryptoVoxels called the, the WIP meetup. And before we have like the uh, speakers uh, come out on stage and give their work in progress updates, we have Chip Yogi do a set. And he also does the visuals for this uh, on top of the music that someone else puts together for him. But it's just like this whole amazing experience. And as soon as I saw your work on Tumblr, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> we, have, we have another fellow kindred spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I, should, uh, I, need to, I need to join you guys on one of those. That would be great. I mean, I, I was in, in the f- fairly early days of, um, I mean, I used, they called it VJing, which I don't really like the, the name. 
yeah, I saw myself more as a, a video artist doing live reactive visuals, you know, <laughs> which is a hard one to abbreviate, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, but VJ just, I, I just hated that. Uh, it just sounds, I don't know, sounds like a, a disease or something. I don't know. It, it just sounds bad. <laughs> it, it sounds too MTV for some reason. It doesn't do yeah, the artistic yeah. part justice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, and to be fair, a lot of people that were under that group were really doing light shows where, you know, myself and a, a few others were doing much more emotional, emotive, and figurative stories. I mean, that's, that's where I got my kicks there, is to anticipate what the DJ was doing and, and hearing that, that break coming in and he might go into a sort of a darker, grittier tune. And I loved that, you know, just gathering all those visuals beforehand or as things are going and, and moving into the next mood. It was great. It was great. It was probably with computers, it's quite for a long time. It's been really hard to get that feedback as an artist. I mean, for example, when you're painting, you're getting a direct feedback. I think with computers also because it's the screen and the, the way it is, it's a harder process to get the direct feedback. But I found that it really happened doing these live visuals. It was so instantaneous and direct. That's why I say I got, I got my kicks out of that. The way that you're describing it almost sounds a bit like improvisational, a bit jazz-like. And was each session like that where you were on stage? And I mean, I'm wondering if you could just break down like what sort of kit you had, how you actually put these, the, the visual elements together with the sound. And like, were you just hearing the music for the first time on the spot every time? Or, I mean, it just sounds incredible to me, actually the way you described it. Yeah, no, uh, uh, it was for the first time. I mean, because um, I, I was doing uh, residencies in Barcelona, so I got to know certain DJs that performed there fairly often. And you sort of know their styles that, you know, they might be more bright or gritty, etc. So, you, But it's more mood. So, uh, And also, you know, some of them might use a lot of um, voice, etc so and and how i prepared shows usually was beforehand obviously i had a lot of loops that i'd gathered so video loops and they would you know they would span from within three second long loops to maybe a 20 second long loop and i used a piece of software called resolume where you put in your libraries and your banks and you you got tabs where you can call up uh, different libraries. So you'd have your funky tab and your, your more visual uh, figurative tabs, your, your gritty, dark, uh, electro, all kinds of uh, tabs. But selecting them, you, you call up a whole, lot, uh, a whole library of loops that relate to those moods. Mm. And that's how you do it live. You know, you call up those um, 
those moods and then you you've got three uh, layers where you can mix your your loops that are spinning away and you use your three layers as masks background foreground etc mm-hmm. and he, yeah you just spin away and mix away live and there's you know you can add effects everything is totally live that's the beauty of it really you know and a lot of that stuff wasn't i think i never did a pre-prepared or scripted set everyone's busy in that world so the dj rocks up i rock up (laughs) you know we shake hands and go all right yeah See you at the end of the set. <laughs> <laughs> That's so badass. I just have to say that is so cool <laughs> to hear it described like that. I wish, I mean, again, I, I only got a small taste with what was shared yeah, on Tumblr. Yeah. I can only yeah. imagine what it was like during these events. That's so cool. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it was great. Um, but uh, saying that, there's very scripted sets as well. You know, some um, producers would have their own a visual person that travels with them mm-hmm. and they would have a very scripted, very tight set, but that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then, well, the next question is kind of like a more abstract question, but I know you have a large body of work and I'm curious, like when you look back at your work, maybe, maybe as a whole or maybe individual pieces, are there any particular works that you see yourself more or less reflected in i'm always curious to get like the kind of self-reflective take on the artistic process um, when you look back it's like oh i can see that facet of my personality or something like that i'm wondering if, if that's the case for you in any of your works yeah that's an interesting question i don't know if it's a blessing or a curse but i, I do get bored very quickly (laughs) Um, with um, certain um, mediums or looks. Um, I suppose saying that there might be certain pieces, individual pieces that I resonate quite strongly with, you know, there's a, a, a cycle, a loop, you know, feedback with those particular pieces, but as a whole, I wouldn't say a body of work or a, a phase that I've been through, but individual pieces. Yeah, it makes sense for me with individual pieces, just pieces that have sort of appeared and blown me away. And, and blown you away in, in what sort of aspect or regard? They kind of had a magnetic thing about them and, and they've just, they just happened in that sense. And, uh, and pieces that haven't become um, uh, stale for me. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So although maybe in the grand scheme of things, you, d- you do tend to, in your words, get fed up with some, some styles or some yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, working in certain places, right? But these pieces in particular are those, that, that magical spot where you just keep looking back and you're able to see them fresh. Um, and not get tired of them. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My next question is segueing into crypto art. I obviously on Scent, there's a, a pretty large presence of crypto artists and then more generally folks in the NFT space and crypto space. I'm curious 
a pixel in your profile. Uh, you you label yourself as a cryptocurrency freak. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. How how did you find the crypto space in general? And then I mean, obviously you're listed on uh, several crypto art marketplaces. Like, what was your journey into crypto art, and what's your experience been? Well, starts with Bitcoin, and um, that was the gateway crypto drug. <laughs> Um, and that was fairly early on. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it was early. You know, I thought it was late, but it was actually really early on. Um, I got really obsessed with Bitcoin and just, you know, reading a lot and listening to a lot of stuff. Um, and I've made some, um, artworks. I don't know if you've seen Bitcoin Black Swan. That's on my Lucid House profile. Um, That was a a pretty early artwork. It's sort of graffiti, um, anarchic related. Uh, It's like spray, um, you know, graffiti, (laughs) Banksy-ish. And I did that pretty early on. When was it? Two thirteen, maybe. Yeah, two thousand thirteen. I think I released that artwork, and obviously, so after that, the whole spe- you know the NFT space got. I was aware of it for a while, but never really looked deeper into it. But only recently, with this loop bomb project of mine, have I been um, more involved and. Um, learning about the NFT space. That's the path, really. So I, I definitely have seen your work for Loop Bomb. And when I first came across the Loop Bomb Instagram profile, at least, and then I looked at all the work there, I could see aspects that are coming from your, your pieces, literally pieces, coming from your analog to digital works. And it almost seems like the latter is like a refinement of the bomb that is exploded in, in the lucid bomb work that you're sharing. That was my initial take, but it definitely sounds like they're two different separate projects. They are separate projects. I mean, it's, it's a hard one for me to um, communicate clearly. I, I think the, the easiest way is to say that loop bomb is an art piece. It's an artwork that just lives right? It just lives and it's out there in the wild and what this little engine is churning out is um, just, you know, think I've got no control. The only control I have is what I feed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's almost like the analogy of a, a kitchen with um, stocked with like really great spices and good ingredients, the best ingredients you can source, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, if a kitchen is stocked up like that, you're going to get the results are going to be pretty good. So that's my objective is just to source the best stuff I can. And then the, the little engine will just churn out all kinds of uh, surprises. And, and that's quite exciting for me. It's also the aspect of of uh, not being um, 
you know, as an artist, there's always a danger where you're too obvious and too contrived. But the beauty with the loop bomb engine is that it, it doesn't think, right? So whatever it grabs and shuffles around, it hasn't deliberated, hasn't made some clever story about these pieces. It just grabs them, shuffles them around. And obviously the, the, the player or the user, their part in that is that they would see a split second of something and try and snap it. So they would have their, their aesthetic balance, um, um, hand-eye coordination, etc. So there's a game element. Um, and they would try and snap something they've seen. And, you know, sometimes they'll miss it. Sometimes they'll get snap something unexpected. So there's, it's really exciting to, uh, to see what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. There's elements there that remind me of your improvisational, like live visual art, just kind of, you have all the ingredients there and then it just, boom, it kind of all comes out in this glorious way. And I mean, to my perspective, it seems to be, obviously there's threads related with your analog to digital collage series, but your analog to digital collage series is is obviously more restrained. It seems very focused and, and, and hyper intentional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just I'm just wondering if you can talk about like the process that goes into the analog to digital collage series pieces that you end up creating uh, as a contrast to what you described with loop ball. Sure. Again, um, as you say, you know there's a, a, there's a relation and this is almost the you know loop bomb is is going towards a place that's gathered a lot of my work and it's almost like a, a, um, a logical conclusion. But with the analog to digital pieces, what I did was obviously, you know, just go through a whole lot of stuff, just cut out a whole lot of stuff and start chucking things on the table, on the, you know, on the work surface. And, um, and then things start resonating and something starts I never had a, a, a preconceived um, idea. But saying that, as something starts emerging, then an idea also starts emerging within me. In, that becomes intentional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what I want to maybe communicate loosely with a certain piece becomes much more intentional and precise. Uh, uh, you, I don't know what the words you use, but you got it spot on in in that sense. They're much more, um, they're much more sort of engineered, so to speak. Some are looser, some aren't, you know, but uh, the process was really chucking things around. And then once I got into that mood of uh, something happening there, I, I, I took photographs and moved them about, took photographs, added, took away. And also, I lifted each piece of paper with backing so that uh, there's a shadow and a a 3D uh, sense to them. 
So each piece went through quite a lot of iterations, um, you know, taking away and adding and totally chucking away some elements and putting them in until it kind of got to a place. Yeah, those pieces, <laughs> just the, the depth and the precision and all those little details that you mentioned. I've been a big fan of, of another collagist, Miss Al Simpson. And yeah, yeah. Her work is really defined by her aggressive mark making on her pieces. And it's, it's this beautiful, glorious, like graffiti, America, 80s nostalgia, kind of like culture bomb. And, and your lines are just, I've never seen anything so clean, <laughs> like in the outlines <laughs> of the pieces that you choose. It's just, it's really incredible. Like I look so hard and it just, it's hard to know if it's actually been cut out or if it's just like digital. It's, it's really incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I'm staring at it as we speak right now. <laughs> Cheers. Well, I think the clue is when you zoom in, you can see they cut out. And, and, yeah. and I want that to be there. You know, I want, and, and it is part, it is because I worked a lot on computers. And then, I'm, as I said earlier on, is when I decided to get into the touchy feely part of um, creating mm-hmm. that I brought a bit of that cleanness, cleanness in computer graphics to these collages. Um, so there's a, you know, it's straddling those worlds really. And then, and then the full circle is that when they are just purely digital works now because the, the, the physical collages don't exist. You know, all the pieces are in boxes and envelopes, you know, so the actual physical ones are not intact, so to speak. Well, you've been super generous with your time and your explanations up until now. Uh, so I want to thank you for that. But before we, we sign off, I just want to ask you, is there any, any of your sites or any of your work that you think people should be uh, looking at? Or do you want to kind of seed people's expectations with um, maybe a future project that's going to drop sometime soon and the site that they should be paying attention uh, if they want to follow you? Oh, thanks, Matthew. Um, if people want to see some of my old Lucid House uh, videos, there's um, I've got a whole lot on uh, Vimeo. So if you just type in Lucid House um, in Vimeo, you should find some. But they're quite low quality. Uh, it's been a while. So the, it was fairly early days. So they, it's not super sharp you know, 4K, um, a bit old school in that sense. Um, and next, obviously, is um, Loop Bomb, which <clears throat> should be live like any day, really. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to make a date because, um, uh, yeah, people know how things go in, in, in coding and something uh, seemingly simple is quite complex really at the end of the day, but that loop bomb should be dropping soon. So keep your ears to the ground. Will do. And well, Lucid House, thank you so much again for talking with me. It was an absolute pleasure. 
to hear your journey and dig into some of your more recent works. So thank you very much and keep creating. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, everybody. It's Matthew again, and I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lucid House as much as I did recording it. Next week, I'm excited to bring you a conversation that I had with the Claude master himself, Fabiano Speziati. It's a really cool conversation. I know everyone's like it. So if you aren't already, make sure you are subscribing to the You Deserve a Drink podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and recommend this episode if you think anyone that you know would like this sort of interview with an amazing creator. With that, hope everyone has a great week. Uh, make sure you come out to the WIP this Thursday in CryptoVoxels. We'll be at the Token Smart Amphitheater. And take it easy until then. Send on. Sent.